Welcome, welcome everyone. I welcome you to Royal Table Talk. My name is Latoya Conway Hampton and I am your host. And today's episode is about, they took my kids. What do you do? Where do you go? Who do you call? Child welfare just knocked on the door and I wasn't expecting them. And based on some things that happened, my children were removed. Well, there are a set of rules and regulations. There is a court case, there is a voluntary case. And I wanna explain these things to you. I think it's very important that you understand your rights as a parent, as you understand what's the difference from voluntary and a court um, case. So the court case is a court supervision, which means that you'll be going to court on a consistent basis. Now, the word volunteer is very, very tricky. I work with a lot of uh, women. So again, um, you know, I have a women empowerment program and everyone that work comes here is um, maybe 97% of the women who come to our agency are trying to regain custody of the kids or maintain. And so a lot of the conversation with them is about what's actually going on with child welfare. What are my rights? What, how do I know what to do? So my job as a good facilitator is to help you navigate through that. So and I'm going to start real close, real concise. So you may want to take a few minutes to get some paper just in case you had this experience and you don't know what's going on with your family. It's very important that you understand what's going on when your children are removed. Do you um, feel like you're going to be upset? Absolutely. Somebody knock on your door and say, you're no longer good enough to maintain the custody of your children. We are detaining them. Absolutely, you're going to be pissed off. Absolutely, you're going to be upset. But I would encourage you to think it through before you react. Because that buzzword, angry person, could be perceived as something major that prevents you from getting your kids back sooner than later. So the difference between the court case, again, as I mentioned, you'll go to court. And we're going to talk about the different types of court hearings, the, the proceedings of the court. We're going to go there. But right now, we're going to talk about voluntary cases. So DCFS will come in. You'll sign, if it's a voluntary case, they'll sign some paperwork that says, um, mom or dad, mom and dad decide to voluntarily allow child welfare to oversee the family. And then you will sign a plan. Now it's willingly, but you will sign a plan and then you will follow that case plan. If it's a volunteer, voluntary case, there is no court hearings. It's you and a social worker. You agree that you will make some adjustments in your life to make sure that the kids can remain safe. There's no court. Unless somewhere down the line, say for instance, you have a, a six month voluntary court plan, I mean six month voluntary plan with this child welfare, and you says, I'm gonna do this, 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 and this in order to keep my children safe. However, later on down the line, you decide, I don't wanna do this anymore. At that point, if the kids are still at risk, definitely it can switch over to a court hearing, okay? So then the, the next one that I wanna, um, and talk about is the court supervision. So when your kids are in court, when your kids are detained, excuse me, and there is a court case, that means you will of course go to court and then the social workers in the courts and your attorney and the kids attorney, CASA workers, Oh, it's so much involved in a court case. So if you ever, your family ever come to the attention of the department and you have the opportunity 
that's an opportunity that a lot of people don't get to voluntarily get the services versus court i would encourage you to take the voluntary services those services um when you have the court the the parents and the children need the court around there's a court order there it, it can go all the way up to 18 months and some families a little bit further six months versus 18 months and there, there's also um, an opportunity for you to have some legal consequences. You might be in trouble and, and they might be special orders. Mom may be ordered not to do this. Dad may be ordered not to do that in regards to the children. So voluntary case is when you say, okay, I agree. Now you don't have to agree with every single thing that the child welfare said you have done. You don't have to agree with that. But what I'm encouraging you to do is to agree that you're willing to do whatever it takes to keep your children out of care, to regain custody of them, or to um, reunify, okay? So the next one I want to talk about is what is the dependency court? What is the hearing? What's the timelines? <sighs> so years ago, when my children were detained, they was placed in out of home care. They was in place with a foster parent, okay? Placed with a foster parent means it was out of home. I had a court case. There was different types of court hearings and I remember going to court, it sounded like wonk, wonk, wonk. Wonk, wonk, wonk. See you next week. Wonk, wonk, wonk. Did you got your paperwork? Wonk, wonk, wonk. No one there to actually really explain to me what's going on. And not only that, I couldn't read or spell at that time. So the paperwork and the information, it was just piles and stacks of this. Here you go, boom. And it wasn't really clear for me, you guys. And, and I want to give you a blueprint for regaining custody of your children and understanding what your rights are as a parent. So the detention hearing is normally legally before COVID like within 72 hours of the detention. So that means your kids have been detained, which is a court case. They're now in foster care, okay? Foster care can also mean with extended family, with friends, with grandma, with the neighbor, with uh, um, an auntie, with strangers. Out of home care is just that. You're, they're not in home with you as a parent so in that 72 hours you got a little bit of time to get some stuff done um maybe you know show proof that you had all of your doctor's appointment because originally what i recognize and what i understand is is that when you're going to a court case they're asking for a few things they want to know if the kids have dental vision um they want to make sure that you're taking care of those kids mental physical um, emotional needs as well as their educational needs. So some parents say, well, my kids was good and I fed them and I took care of them, but that baby not going to school consistently. And, and, and so when you go to court, they're going to ask for all of these things. If, once you show up to your 72 hour court hearing, I would encourage you to have report cards, have doctor's appointments, have immunization records, have everything that you need to show that you can be a responsible parent. Okay. So then there is a jurisdiction hearing, which is mm, 
probably like 20 21 days after detention hearing so at this point they decide or is the department gonna keep jurisdiction or are we gonna you know we've taken care of some information to see if maybe the mom can the parents can you know reunify with the kids and let me tell you this at any given point the parents can get custody of the children at any given point the judge say you know what i'm giving these kids back any given court date <clears throat> now do that happen often <sighs> not in my and not in my uh point of view i've seen it happen several times but i've been doing this for 22 years and so a lot of times whatever that reason is that the kids got detained the likelihood is that it's very very high and that the kids won't return home until the parents are ordered to do certain things so i get quite often do i need an attorney you know i i want to be real honest i've seen some things happen sooner quicker when there's attorney presence especially if there's not a high risk factor if it's a low risk factor and the attorney can um, support the parent with identifying how they can keep the child home and safe then it's really beneficial but if you have a very very high risk factor there's a lot going on getting an attorney when you are a victim of domestic violence if you went through a lot and you have a healing time that you need could it be beneficial it could but if i if if it were me i would probably work through my process get myself in a treatment facility you know stay away from my abuser um, get a restraining order um, begin to build a healthy relationship go get some therapy and some counseling all of these things really matter when you think about court so um then the next one is I want to talk about is the disposition. This is where there's uh, there's a lot of information that the court have, but now they need to put a disposition means they need to put a plan in place. They need to put this plan in mama need parenting, anger management, substance abuse, whatever, or dad. And excuse me for you fellas out there, and I keep saying mom because there are a lot of good fathers out there. I'm saying mom because I speak to women more often. I'm gonna work on that because my audience is very broad. So I apologize if I'm offending any male when I keep saying mom. So um, that detention hearing gives you an opportunity to get these plans that you need to do. And it's very important that when you go to court and they tell you, you need to do this, you need to do that. And sometimes we feel like, I don't need to do any of that. I got nine kids, why well, I need to take a parenting class. I've done this for my kids, I've done that. And you may be absolutely right. You may be right. However, if your family come into the attention of the department, something somewhere is off. It may be a little bit, it may be a lot. No matter what, which way it goes, I would encourage you to work on it. I mean, after having, it's the before child welfare, the doing child welfare, and then the after child welfare. And you can kind of assess what that looks like for you, okay? So we, we talked about the detention, the jurisdiction, then we talked about detention, and now we wanna talk about the 366. Um, so these are six month reviews. So after the kids are detained, we, okay, the kids are detained. We, we got all of the paperwork. Now we're giving the, the family a case plan, which is a disposition. This is what I need family to do. Then at that point, there is reviews. Every six months, you're ordered to show back up to court for a review. Six months, 12 months, 18 months. So and then there's a permanency planning. So the six months, they, so I wanna be real frank. There's a lot of families that get their cases closed in six months. 
Why? Because every single thing they order, they get right on it. Boom, 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 boom. You got a drug test. Boom, 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 boom. You got to do the treatment. They enroll. As soon as the kids get detained, the best thing to do is to get involved in whatever the worker is suggesting. Now, again, as I said earlier, sometimes we feel like you're lying and our pride is in a way. I would never do that. How dare you? Your character assassination. I know, I know, I know. I felt the same way. I did. When my kids was removed, they said a whole bunch of hocus pocus in that initial removal. Because if that hocus pocus wasn't in that initial removal, they wouldn't have an opportunity to remove. So with that being said, it was a lot underneath that that was the truth, right? It was embedded and under this corner was the truth. That was the truth, but it was a whole lot that wasn't. So I was so stuck in the fact that they, they're saying a lot of things are not true. This is not true. This is not true. What you have to focus on is the true parts that are in there and work through those true parts that could take you about six months. And then once you go to court and you have mediation, which means they begin to throw out the things that are not the truth and you, you own up to the things that you did do so you can move your process further, right? So in the six months, the six month review, you go back with your classes and you've enrolled. And, and I have to tell you so many times and here at our agency, Women got court uh, maybe Monday. They'll enroll on Thursday because they want to go to court and show the judge. This is their six month review. They go to court. I'm going to show the judge that I've been involved. Well, Sweet Pea, you got to get involved right at the beginning, right at the beginning, because every single day your children is out of your home in someone else's home is a day of damage. There's abandonment issues, there's rejection issues. Nobody gonna treat your kids the way you treat them. Not their father, mamas don't treat the kids like the daddies, daddies don't treat the kids like the mothers. So if you're a single parent and you're in the home or dad's a single parent or you guys are home as a couple, then you guys have to work really, really hard as a united couple to make this work. A little bit, it's another episode, but I'm gonna talk about that when you're together. How does it look if one parent is working and the other parent is not working toward the same outcome? So the next, uh, the next thing I wanna talk about is the 12 month review. Um, the 12 month review is when you go to court and they're, okay, you had an entire year um, to take these things to the next level what is your choice? So that is still a part of the court proceedings. What is the next level? 12 months. Okay, can you be involved in a program? And this is what's been the truth. People enroll in our program and they'll do really, really well until they get close to going to court. And then that self-sabotage pop in. Either they get loaded, they go back with their abusers, they stop coming to class, they get a job, and this is no longer a priority. Well, I wanna encourage you, remember the ASPA is laws and it's 18 months, it's a clock that's ticking from the beginning and, it, and it's, it's the clock, from my understanding, nowadays it's starting with the detention hearing, but sometimes, um, and, and sometimes that's not really happening for a period of time. And so I would encourage you to make sure that you're being mindful of your time schedule. There is an 18 month limit that you get because the next phase will be what they call the concurrent planning. We're gonna also have a whole podcast and a whole live about concurrent planning. So 
What is the, we talked about the difference from out of home care and the next piece that you should be um, made aware of is family reunification. So during this family reunification time, which is normally about an 18 month period, department is supporting you to get all of the services that you need to get. They, they'll pay for your, they'll support you with your bus pass if you have no other means. They will support you with mileage in your car if you have no other means. Now, just because you're in the system don't mean that the department is going to take care of you. If they know you have a means to do so, they're gonna save it for the families who do not. Okay, so really pay attention. And I know you feel like they're ordering me to take this class, they should pay for that. Well, from one adult who had my child detained to maybe another, I wanna say it is our responsibility to do whatever it takes to regain custody of our children. And if you don't like the treatment, the process or the services, wait till you complete it and then go back when you're done and your babies are home and safe and make changes on the policies that they have about how they take care and support families. Cause you can do that, it's, it's doable. We as parents, uh, we are the consumers, but we actually know what works for us, right? We know exactly what works for us. So again, we talked about the out of home care, who's the child with, anybody. It could be, you know, relatives, friends, foster home, strangers, group home is still out of home care. Your care is at home with you. Um, family reunification, gives you enough time to get it together. 18 months for some of us is a lot of time. Um, it's a lot of time. But in that process, they start another plan because if it takes you 18 months to take a three months, six month class, then now they're going to say, I don't know if, if these parents are going to really cut what it takes to get done, right? So at the same time, there are planning for the child to have permanency. And so in the slide behind, when we talked about the other court planning, the permanency planning court hearing is to provide this child with permanency. It may mean, permanency means that they're staying in foster care, that they get adopted out, that they're staying with a family member, they're getting adopted out or legal guardianship. So we're gonna talk about the difference between legal guardianship and adoption with family. So when you're a family member and you have your niece, your nephew, or even your grandchildren, and at a point in time when a family passed the ask for laws, which is the 18 months, the department is thinking permanency. We have a two six hearing for permanency. We need to know that these, this child is gonna be permanently in a place. Cause we already know that a child that's at home, that's loved in their own environment grow really well. So with that being said, in that 2-6 hearing, I think it's 2-6-F or something like that. In that 2-6 hearing, which is a permanency hearing, it gives, it gives an opportunity for the family to say, um, I will adopt or I will take guardianship. Now the difference between the two, if you have a family member that adopts your child, that is legally their child. They're responsible, the name change, they can absolutely, you can absolutely be wiped out of the life of the child. The birth certificate is reissued with this parent name on it. And actually they can totally disconnect from you if they choose to. 
Then the flip side, there's a side that's called guardianship. Now, some foster parents decide that they want to take guardianship over a child as well as family members. So a guardianship means that you're the legal guardian and you're legally responsible for what happens. But if somewhere, somehow mom and dad get their life together, that they can come back and at that time they don't have to fight the adoption you can at, at that point, you know, if they've covered every, if you've covered, I'm gonna say you, because you watching, I got your interest, or you're listening, I have your ears. If you decided that you want to regain custody of your children and you and that, whoever that legal guardians have a relationship or a conversation about next step, then at that point, it's much easier for them to sign the kid over with you as long as you met all of the court requir requirements. And you can go back to court and do uh, another 2-6 hearing, not 3-6, 2-6 hearing. And then at that point, you can become the legal guardian of your child again. So I know I covered a lot, um, but I, I have a couple of questions for you. Um, and this is my questions to you. I, I'm assuming you chose this, uh, this broadcast for a purpose. And um, I'm a mother who had seven children in the system. And it took me 24 months to regain custody of every last one of my seven that they took. And it was a journey. And the journey was so rough for me, I decided after I regained custody of my kids, I was gonna go back and change the way they work with families. And because of that, there is several programs that I have to develop and implement and uh, massage. And they're called parent engagement sites. I've done this all across the country. But the one that stands out the most for me right now is Los Angeles County Parents in Partnership. That particular program is based off of us as parents that's been through the system, helping other parents navigate. Because if no one tell you what's going on, you don't know what to expect. And if you don't have good control of your emotions, you're gonna be acting out or you're gonna be perceived the angry parent. It's, you're gonna be perceived the angry parent or you're a drug addict or the mental health is not stable because that's what we show when we're in crisis, right? My kids are detained. What happens when our kids are detained, Brad? Okay, so he got it over there for me. But what happens when the kids are detained? You lose your mind. I felt like when my kids were detained that I lost my limbs, you guys. And I had to go back and make a difference. And I tried to fight when I was in it, but I found out it wasn't going anywhere. So I decided when this is done, I'll fight on the other side. And I've done that for the last 22 years. So I wanna ask you this question. Are you willing to become a better version of your parents? Just sit at that, sit in that, sit with that, right? You at it, you in it, you with it. Are you willing to become a better version of your parents? Now, my parents did the best they could with what they have. And with that being said, there was a lot of areas that I wanted to improve upon. However, I fell short. Once I got the opportunity with child welfare, when they came in my life and said, this not right, this not right, this not right, this not right, I felt like I, I didn't do anything right. However, once I was enrolled in programs, I recognized that these, I can do these things. These things is something that the normal average person is doing. I didn't know that. I'm thinking, it, I'm tripping, you know, these people crazy. No, my life was dysfunctional. So are you willing to become a better version of your parents? 
Next question. As a parent, could you have done something different when you were parenting your kids? You know how you look at your kids and, and, and now, you know, my children are from 36 down uh, to 16. I'm looking at my children and I look at all the mistakes that I made. And a lot of them were mistakes that my parents made that I swore that I would never make, right? And so what I get the opportunity to do is to be a better mother, but I think I'm a great grandma. Not, not a great grandmother, but I'm a great, good, amazing grandmother because I've learned a lot from these lessons. And my last question to you, and these are questions that you gotta look within. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to regain full physical custody of your children? That's a mouthful. Whatever it takes, right? Stop smoking weed, talking about my back hurt, my neck hurt, I'm tired, I can't sleep, I got insomnia. Stop making excuses to be high, okay? Yeah, they say it's legal, but when it comes to the department, there's a lot of flags. So stop making excuses to do the things that's preventing you from bringing your children home. Stop making excuses to stay in that relationship with that woman or that man that shows you no benefit for your children, right? Are you willing? Are you willing to take your medication and go see a therapist and see a doctor so you can regain full custody? I mean full because they're gonna always be your children, right? That's what some parents say, oh, they're gonna always be my kids. No, they wanna be with their mothers. They don't care nothing about grandma, grandpa, papa. They wanna be with their mother and their father. Most children do. Now, there are some instances where kids are like, okay, my mother is crazy. And I'm gonna be honest, some part in my life, I wish when child welfare stepped in that they would have took me out because it probably would have shocked my mother back to reality. I wish they would have stepped in and shook her up a little bit. Well, I never know what the outcome would be because they did not, but that is my truth. Um, whatever it takes. You know, so many people say, I gotta work. You know, I got a job, I do hair, this is too much. You know what? I had seven children that was in foster care. I had some in San Dimas. I had some in Lake LA. I had some in Lancaster and some in the west side of, uh, excuse me, on the east side of Palmdale. And if you live in the Antelope Valley, you recognize that those are not close places, although they're in the same town. A at that point, my car was impounded. I had no transport. I kid you not. I made all my visits. I would show up to my visits if I'm sick and let them send me home. Don't, because you're not saying I didn't make my visits. I'm gonna come sick. And when I get to the door, you're gonna tell me I can't come in because you're sick. And then I'm okay because I made every single reasonable effort, every effort. I was willing to put closure to my relationship. Um, although I had a lot of love for this man, so I thought, um, I felt at that time that they was forcing me to be to choose between him and my kids. Actually, that was a conversation with my worker. It's either him or them. And I chose them. I chose my children. I'm glad I did. I wouldn't do anything different then um, or now. Those are my babies. I love my babies with everything inside of me. And if it ever gets to a place where I have to choose my children or something else that I'm doing, I'm gonna choose my children. Um, and then, the other thing that I hear so much is they trying to make me, they trying to break our family up. We deserve to be together. Now, I'm gonna be real honest. 
I have four different perspectives of child welfare. One, I was a birth parent. It might be five. First, I was a birth parent who had my children detained. Then I came back to change policies and procedures as a neighborhood person. Third, I went on a national level and changed policies across the country. Then I worked as a neighborhood provider. Now I am an agency owner and I have legal guardianship of my grandchildren. So I've got a chance to see a 360 perspective, uh, perspective, excuse me, of how the child welfare system works. And what I recognize is the system is broke. It's made up of people with biases and a lot of other things that go on. But first and foremost, you must do your part. You must do your part. And so for me, are you willing to go to a job in the daytime in a PM to treatment and then um, in the afternoon go visit your kids? If you sit down and plan your life that way around your children and that reunification time frame because it's 18 months, you can do it. And if you're expeditious, you can do it in six months. But what are you willing to do? So I want to give you a few tips for the day. So my first tip for you is to get yourself a binder, just a 99 cent binder. Go to Dollar Tree or the 99 cent store. You can color coordinate it, whatever your heart desire, but get yourself a binder, some highlighters, some dividers. Let me tell you what you do with that. Every single time you go to court, there's two things. There's a court report, there's a minute order. The court report is the information that the court, the attorneys, everybody give to the judge and all of the attorneys to know what's going on with you. And then the minute order is the information that the, the courts have ordered you to do or to uh, remain. So you want, you want to, in a chronological order, one, two, three, four, five, chronological, you want to put your court report, minute order, court report, minute order, court report, minute order, in your binder. Then when you land up at night, get in your bed and you read through that stuff. If you having a hard time reading through that stuff, you could go to one of our websites, ask me, I'll help you as best as I possibly can because it's information in there that is not a conversation piece. Like no one told me originally that my children was, there wasn't in there under their name, they was in there under number. Well, I had seven kids, so kid number one. Number one is to do this, this. Number two is to do, I was like, what is, two, what is this? No one ever told me and showed me how to read the minute order. Right. So, but with the court report and a minute order, it's like a guide and some next steps. And so with that guide and those next steps, you can navigate through the child welfare system sooner and faster. Again, I'm not saying the things that's been towards you are right. What I am saying, if you're fighting all the time, then you're not compliant. You can't be in a fight mode and compliance at the same time that don't work because either I'm fighting or I'm complying. Okay, comply with whatever the orders that are found for you to do and then fight when you get to the end. Because if you comply, you done in six months, they're gonna watch you for another six months. 
then after that your case is closed then you can go back and say okay this didn't work this didn't work this didn't work what made it so much easier for me to go back and reunify and to go back with the department and to go back and make changes with the policies uh, uh, across the nation willingness the ability let me just do a little something I want to make these changes is because I owned up to the part that I played in that originally I was pissed off you know y'all took my kid my man gone all these things that I went through full version all these things that I went through made me feel as if I was a piece of crap but what I realized is is there were some things that I needed to do okay so that highlighter and that divider will give you those areas that you can keep on task with. Secondly, um, get everything in order. Everything. Don't worry about spelling. You know how? Well, I, it's my truth. Early on, I couldn't read a spell. And they gave me this big old binder. And so I wanted to write notes, but the notes didn't make sense because I didn't know what the heck I was writing. But um, don't worry about what it looks like. It's, it's, it's for you. It is for you. And if you can't read or spell, but you know something's going on, get your tape recorder on your phone. All phones have voice memos or whatever they call. Record. I saw my daughter today. Today she said, today I showed up late because today I went to the visit, but they sent me home because I was sick. And this, this, this was said. Or today Latoya showed up and she had a large bruise on her leg I'm unsure where it came from all of these phones are ringing you guys I'm so sorry I'm so sorry so with that being said I just want to encourage you I gave you some tips get your divider get all your court reports get them in order don't worry about spelling do your video recording thing and just document every single thing so in closing, I want to say this. If this is helpful for you, share it to a friend. Um, subscribe to our YouTube page. You know, put the like button on so you could um, you could see us when we coming up. This particular month, we're talking a lot about how um, the process of child welfare, because so many families are experiencing child welfare and they feel it's not fair. And while you sitting in your feelings, your time clock is ticking. Let me tell you what put fire under my feet. <laughs> When they told me that they were going to adopt out my son, at this point I had seven kids in foster care and I had one that was a new baby that I only had for a month and a half. And not that I would give up any of them, any of them to anyone at any time. But I'm looking at this baby, I was like, this baby don't know me. I only breastfed him for a little bit of time because I'm that mama, I'm a breastfeed, I gotta say, I'm a breastfeed, everybody who can latch on. And, um, I felt like I needed to, they're not adopting my children out, right? I had two babies at that time. I, I had, um, it, was, it, it was two, but one was a baby baby. And um, she said, well, we're doing this thing called concurrent planning, which means they're planning for a permanency. And we talked about permanency earlier today. So write in a chat box if you remember what permanency was. Permanency is either legal guardianship or adoption, okay? Somebody that's gonna keep this kid forever. Okay, so at the same time, I was in treatment, almost graduating. I did relapse, but almost graduating. I felt like, oh, y'all trying to take my kids. I'll be doggone if y'all do that. So then I started speeding up my process and went into another residential place down the hill. So I was willing. So are you willing 
to do what it takes to regain the custody, maintain the custody, or to close out your child welfare case. My name is Latoya Conway Hampton, and I am your host.